And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast, on a Monday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Hope you had a terrific weekend. What an action-packed weekend of sports. The NFL winding down week 18, little college basketball, NBA basketball, and some golf out there in Hawaii. The guys didn't disappoint. What a show. My goodness. What a show these PGA Tour players put on at the Century Tournament of Champions. The plantation course at Kapalua is waving the white flag right now. It surrenders because that golf course just got embarrassed. We've got a lot to get to um, with that tournament. Absolutely perfect conditions. And we saw three guys, three guys get it to negative 30 or better. I mean, they just thrashed scoring records all across the board. But I want to start with this. You know, it's funny in sports. It's you just never know what you're going to get. Like, I like the gambling aspect of it. I like looking at lines. I like breaking down tournaments and picking my winners, head to head matchups and this and that. And you got all this data available to you and you can go in, you can see the trends, you can see uh, the course history and the NFL. You can see head-to-head matchups, who's in, who's out, where are we playing? There's so much data to take in, right? And you make these decisions based off all of this. And at the end of the day, sometimes it goes pretty consistent with that data. And then sometimes things happen and you're just like, what? What just happened there? You know, and that's sports. Here come the Indianapolis Colts into my backyard here. Jacksonville, worst team in the NFL. Jags got embarrassed the week before up in New England. New England just absolutely put it on them. Last game of the year, right? You lose, you got the first pick. Colts coming down. They've got to win. They got to win to get into the playoffs. Clearly the better team. Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor, And the Colts come down here and they lay an egg. They lay an egg. 14 point favorite. They lose 26 to 11. Now I'm sure some of you are like, yeah, I had that. Yeah, I kind of thought the Jags would come out and yeah, okay. I mean, the Jags, you watch that for four quarters, dominated the line of scrimmage. Uh, Trevor Lawrence played his best game. I mean, what? Like, it makes absolutely no sense. Now, you take that over to the golf. John Rahm, number one player in the world, best driver of the golf ball. No question. In the game, in the world. Cameron Smith, nice player. Three wins coming in, can get it going. Great putter. Nice short game. Solid iron player. His driver doesn't even hold a candle to John Rahm, at least historically. Cameron Smith comes in, goes toe-to-toe, face-to-face with John Rahm all week, and now it drives him. He was the better driver of the golf ball in Hawaii. Sometimes in sports, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. If you looked at John Rahm and you said to him, coming into this tournament, look, You got to do one thing to win this tournament. And that is you have to be a better driver of the golf ball than Cameron Smith. You have to beat him in strokes gain off the tee. If you do that, 
you will win this tournament. John Rahm's like, sign me up, get out of my way. If I looked at Carson Wentz, and I looked at Frank Wright, the coach of the Colts, and I said, look, at the end of the year, you have to come down to Jacksonville and beat the Jags. If you do that, you're going to the playoffs. Hey, get out of my way. Let's do this. Neither one of those happened. Neither one of those happened. Cameron Smith goes out and he was the best with the driver in that field. Great field. Best players, right? The guys that won the, the, the week before. Now we're missing a few. I get that. DJ wasn't there for the first time and others worry decided not to play. But a good field. And Cameron Smith, arguably one of the worst drivers in that field, at least historically, goes out and he's the best driver of the golf ball. Number one, strokes gain off the tee, positive 3.9. Strokes gain approach, positive 2.7. That was seventh in the field. Strokes gain around the green, positive 1.6. And strokes gain putting, he was the best putter in the field. No one's surprised by that, at positive 6.4. That was his best exhibition with the driver. You have to go all the way back to 2019. And as I have it, it looks like that might be his second best ever in his career. Looks like maybe the open championship back in 2019 was a little bit better, at least from a strokes gain off the tee metric. What a performance that was. I have so many questions that I want to ask Cameron Smith and his coach, which who will be joining me on the Stripe Show podcast on Thursday. It's going to be a lot of stuff here about Cameron Smith through the week. I've been doing a lot of digging on him, some things that he's been working on. His longtime coach, Grant Field, lives in Australia. They've been together 10, 11 plus years. He'll be coming on the podcast on Thursday. I've got some questions for him, and particularly, where did this added clubhead speed come from for Cameron Smith? And, and this accuracy, right? Because clearly something is different there as he comes out and just puts on an absolute, oh, dare I say, stripe show off of the tee. Now, the conditions played into this. Kapalua, that golf course, is it needs the win. First off, it's a resort golf course. So the setup by nature is very forgiving off of the tee, right? These are the widest fairways. I talked about it last week. You're going to see more fairways hit this week than you will all last week. Guys were just living in the fairway, big fairways, and they were soft, particularly on Thursday, Friday, which I think really played into Cameron Smith uh, is his hand. He hit a couple shots, I can recall, and I, lo- I watched a ton of golf. I'm going to say there were three drives that Cameron Smith hit left off the tee and it was borderline going into the long grass and you could see it hit. It it was very soft mud on the ball. In fact, they played lift clean in place on Thursday and Friday and you could see it get into the rough and it would settle down quickly and it didn't go into the long grass. There were three times that happened that in normal conditions, those were, you know, look, that's in the long grass. He's taken a one stroke penalty. And that would have been the difference. So the fairways were wide, but they were soft. And that certainly played to some degree into Cameron Smith's hand. John Rahm, on the other hand, really hit one terrible drive that led to a lost ball on Saturday that led to his only bogey of the week, which cost him the tournament. Now, Cameron Smith made three bogeys, obviously made more red numbers, but John Rahm really one really bad swing, one bogey, 
it cost him the tournament. Kind of a funny note. John Rom lost a ball and still shot the course record that day. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's absolutely crazy. John Rom lost a ball on that one bad drive, which that tee shot, I think it was five, the fifth hole, kind of a blind tee shot, tough. And he still shot the course record. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So how do you handicap this stuff, right? It's what it comes down to. It's like, you know, you start looking at this and you know, these just things happen and, and you can't really explain it any given week, any given Sunday, as they say uh, in the NFL, some, uh, some fun nuggets here, only three players before this going into this week have ever broken the negative 30 mark. Uh, I remember Ernie Els when he did it back in 2003. He was negative 31 here on this golf course. Again, very calm conditions that day. Spieth did it in 2016. He was negative 30. And then you can recall DJ back in 2020 um, at the FedEx St. Jude. He was negative 30. So three guys ever coming into this week have broken the negative 30 mark. So what happens this week? Well, add three more. <laughs> Three guys alone did it this week. Cameron Smith, negative 34. John Rahm, negative 33. And then there's Matt Jones, another Aussie. These Aussies love it here in Hawaii. Uh, He did it at negative 32. Yeah, he shot a a smooth little 62-61 on the weekend. Hey, how'd you play this weekend? Yeah, I played good. Yeah, what'd you shoot? Uh, 62-61. Oh. I mean, there was, uh, what, Justin Thomas, who finished uh, T5, he shot 61 on Saturday. That was the course record. And then John Rahm was like, okay, uh, wait a minute. A little bit later on that, that afternoon, he shot 61. And then Matt Jones was like, okay, wait a minute, guys. Uh, let's see, 24 hours later, he shot 61. He shot 61. It's like, Obra, you get a 62. You get a 63. You get a 61. Crazy. Silly golf, really. And it was all set up from the conditions. Perfect weather, no wind. That course, you know, that's its only defense. Big fairways, soft ball in hand Thursday, Friday, soft greens. Greens were absolutely in perfect shape. They're making putts from all over the place. And uh, and there you have it. So, yeah, I mean, this is this. It was kind of silly golf, right? You don't want to see that kind of golf every single week because it does take some of the skill out of it. There was just no, there was just no like idea of making a big number. Like it just looked like the guys were stepping up onto the tee and there was no fear of making a bogey. As a fan, you're sitting there and you're thinking, there's no way this guy's going to make a bogey. (laughs) And if he does, it'll be a complete shock to the system. You know, I mean, it's just like there was certainly no double bogey in, in sight. And if you made double bogey, you might as well just walk off the course because you're going to get lapped. So, you know, when that with the, with, with the idea of no, you know, this might happen, you might get penalized here. Don't hit it over here. You know, you just, you just didn't have any of that. And so you don't want that every week. Right. And this is supposed to be a fun, relaxing tournament. The guys that won a year ago, I get it. Come to Kapalua. It's a resort course. It's beautiful. It's going to be in great condition. Let's put a little wind on it and it'll be a good test. Guys will get into the, you know, um, they'll get into the high teens, early twenties, or, and that's kind of what we'll have. 
But then when you get these perfect conditions, here's what happens. These guys are good and they just, they just go low and you don't want to see it every single week. So Cameron Smith, congratulations to you. I've got a lot of questions for you. And when you really look at it with Cameron Smith, as we kind of segue here now to him, Cameron Smith, when you, when you look at him is really kind of on a similar track to like a Patrick Cantlay, right? Who was in the field as well this week. He was fourth finishing 26 under. Hey, how about that? Hey, Cantlay, how'd you play this week down there in, in, in Hawaii? Yeah, I played good. I shot 26 under. Oh, you won. No, finished fourth. But Cantlay, we know, really peaked last year. He had four wins. He was uh, the champion there of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Just an outstanding breakout type of career. Cantley's 29, worked with Jamie Mulligan. I talk a lot about him here on the podcast. Very holistic approach from his early days. Process-oriented, just let it happen. We're not going to peak. We're just going to keep incrementally getting better. We're going to do the right things. Incrementally get better. We're going to, if we have a weakness, we'll, we'll attack that weakness in a way that, yeah, let's get it better, but let's not sacrifice a strength, right? Let's just kind of move the needle the right way and how it makes sense. Very process oriented. Cameron Smith, I think maybe is in a similar approach to that. His coach Grant Field doesn't live here in the United States like Jamie Mulligan does for Patrick Cantlay. But they've been together for 10 plus years, just like Cantley and Jamie Mulligan have. And they clearly understand each other. And Cameron Smith is incrementally getting better in all phases of the game. When you look at him since turning pro back in, I think, 2014, right in there. You know, Cameron Smith came out. His strength was his putter. We know Cameron Smith is a wonderful putter. When Cameron Smith is rolling the rock, like you saw at the Sony, I mean, it's must-watch TV. The guy is putting to an app, like a hockey net. That's how, that's how big the hole looks. 30 feet. You stop and you watch because you think he might make it. It's incredible. It's almost a bit like speed. Not to that level like we saw it with speed, but it's, it has that kind of same sense that he's going to make everything. And if he doesn't make it, it looks into the hole. So his strength has always been his putter. His short game, I think, is right there with him. You know, he, he's a nice short game player. He's got the shots. He's clearly comfortable in Hawaii. That kind of grass, that kind of shot, those kinds of shots that you're face, faced with there. But, you know, his iron game, which has become a bit of his strength as of the last two years, wasn't when he first came out on the PGA Tour. Uh, he was in the middle to bottom of the pack. Now, obviously, he's a he was a very good iron player. You're not going to be a good iron player. You're not going to, you have to be a good enough iron player to get onto the PGA tour, but relatively speaking to his colleagues, his iron game, you know, wasn't that good. Not like we've seen it over the last two years. So there's been some development here with his iron game and his iron game is really shaped up. And particularly, I think his wedges and his short irons, you can see that proximity getting in there tighter and giving himself really good looks and letting that putter go to work. His driver has always been his weakness. He's always been at the bottom of the PGA tour. He's not really long off the tee and the, you know, 299. Um, and he, and he can be crooked. 
you know, and that's not a good combination. So he, he normally is going to give up some strokes off of the tee. Something was very different this week for Cameron Smith. I mean, something was different in the way of speed and accuracy. I mean, he was hitting it longer, like another four or five miles an hour. Now it's warm and he's probably feeling good and he was letting it go, but something there in the way of speed creation looks different and certainly in the way of accuracy. So I can't wait to ask Grant Field those questions. Don't miss that podcast on Thursday. I think that this is going to be a really good one of this long-term approach that I see happening with Cameron Smith, incrementally getting better in all phases of the game, but, but maintaining his strength, which has been his putter, right? And I think Brandel Chambly, I was listening to him last night on Golf Channel. I thought he articulated very well and was like, look, attacking your weakness, you know, it's just not that easy because you have to spend time on it. I'm going to go after this part of my game. But as I go after this part of my game, am I neglecting the other parts of my game? I think Bryson DeChambeau can fit right into that equation. Bryson going after the distance, but is he going after his distance so much that his short game is not improving? And his approach game, his proximity with his shorter clubs isn't where it needs to be as well. I think that's a real question. So it's the same with Cameron Smith. His putters, his strength, his drivers, his weakness. Yeah, let's go after the driver. He said in his press conference afterwards with his coach, he sent Grant Field a lot of video. They've been working on it. But clearly he didn't sacrifice what is his strength his putter. It was kind of, it was kind of funny. He, he admitted when he practices, he needs to practice his driver more and has been, you know, I think he said, I think he said something along the lines that he can, he can be a little lazy at times when he practices. Yeah. I hit my wedges and my irons because he's really good at that part of the game. Right. And, and, and you think about that, we can relate to this. I'm a great wedge player. I'm a great iron player. So I practice those. Feels good. Yeah, I can hit that 162 yard. I can hit that 162 into that back right pin. I can hit it 147 to the front. I can flight it down and turn it right to left, you know, 172 back left, whatever. So it's fun to hit those shots. You're good at it. And then he would get to his driver and he would he, he wouldn't practice it as much. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to stay in another 15 minutes and hit my driver more. <laughs> Cameron Smith just keeps things very simple. He's a very humble, humble guy. He likes to fish here. He actually lives about four miles from me, believe it or not. Uh, I'm in, uh, I'm, I'm on the other side of the intercoastal in, in Ponte Vedra. And when you go over the bridge, which takes you into Ponte Vedra, he literally is like right in there. He, I mean, he lives three or four miles from me and he fishes all of the time. Humble, keep things in, in front of him. He knows what his strengths are and incrementally he's getting better at his weaknesses. And he's been doing that over a long period of time on the PGA tour. His iron game was not a strength when he came out on the PGA tour. It is now his driver has never been a strength. It's been his liability to his game. If he can make that a strength, if he can hit it anywhere close to what he did this week in Hawaii, Cameron Smith is going to be a problem. He already finished second at Augusta last year, which, you know, is ironically was a good comp for this golf course, you know, kind of generous off the tee. And 
I mean, look, you're going to drive it like this. You're going to add another four or five miles an hour and you're going to keep it in front of you more. And now strokes gain, you're going to be in the maybe let's just say, let's just get in the middle of the pack. Let's just get like 80th, 70th. And you're going to continue to incrementally become very efficient with your approach game. We already know you're a nice short game player and you're a great putter. I mean, Cameron Smith can do more damage here, folks. He clearly knows how to win. He, he stared the number one player in the face for, for three rounds, slept on the lead every single night. Him and Rom were tied on Saturday. You know, he's got a little bit of that it factor too. Situational golf. Win equity. It's impressive stuff. It really is. Uh, you know, I, I, the driver's the most impressive to me though. Can't wait to ask Grant Field about some of these things. Let's talk about what I do know and some of the adjustments that he has made and works on with his swing that I think has really over the years helped him with his iron game. I made a post about this on Instagram at Travis Fulton golf talked about really two kind of things that, that Cameron Smith really does to tighten things up. And I think that's kind of the word that we'll hear from Grant is keeping his swing a little bit tighter. And when I think tighter in the golf swing, I think about the arm swing with the turning of the body, right? Cause you have the body turning and there's weight shift, but then there's this arm swing, right? And the arms got to go around you and they got to go up some, and then there's this wrist hinge and you got to get those kind of working together, the body along with the arms and the hand. The first move, when you look at Cameron Smith and you look at it from the target line, his hands have always kind of wanted to go away from him a bit. Like you see with Dustin Johnson. They really try to keep his hand path in, keep the hands a bit in closer to the body as the body is turning. And that lead arm staying more attached to the chest, more inside the chest versus that lead arm moving away from the chest, the hands moving out away from the body. So the hand path working more in. Now, as it works in, of course, the club head is is still staying out there in front. You know, hands and club head are two different things. Hands and club head are two different things. Hands traveling in, right? There's a relationship between the hands and the body. And then there's a relationship between the club head and the hands. And for Cameron Smith, I think the relationship between the club head and the hands is fine. You don't worry about that. He worries about the relationship between the hands and the body and allowing them to come in, knowing that the club head to the hand relationship is fine. So you see that and you see that hand path coming in. I think that gets his lead arm kind of working a little bit more around him. I think when his hands kind of go out, he can probably get a little too up and down with the lead arm. And I think that can really get detrimental for him as the club gets longer and particularly with the driver. The second thing is, is as the hands come in and he turns, he works on keeping his tilts and you hear that term tilts. And there's really two tilts there for him. One is the right side of his pelvis being higher than his left, his, his right side of his pelvis kind of climbing up higher, his right hip, not turning around where he feels like his hips are level, but rather the right side of the pelvis higher. Now, as he does that, the right shoulder turning and the right shoulder is higher. 
Okay, so this this inclination of the right side higher than the left as he's turning, as the hand path comes in, really are two things that I think then just kind of gets his arm swing to follow his turn around him. And I think it tightens it up. I think it shortens up his swing just a touch. And when he does that, the shaft looks a little bit cleaner at the top. It doesn't tend to get across the line, maybe with a little more runoff. And I think that really has value in his swing. He's talked about that a little bit. I've heard Grant, his coach, talk about that a little bit, or I've read about it, I should say, in some of, um, in some of the pieces that they've published there in Australia. And uh, it's good advice for so many, right? Hand path coming in, club head, relationship to the hands intact. Let's make that turn, but let's have the right inclination. The right side is higher than the left. We talk about this a lot. His tendency, like so many, is when he turns, he gets too level. His shoulders get too level. His hips get too level, which is completely opposite of, of what we talked about with Kevin Nahn, his coach, Drew Steckel. And this is where, you know, this is where people are on different sides of the equation. Kevin Na can tend to get too high with the right side. And he, and he tends to do it with his eyes where he starts to kind of lay his head down to the left. And, and then he gets everything too high in the right side. So he tries to keep his eyes more level. And when he does that, he feels like he's working more around the right hip, even though he still has inclination, it's just less of it. So you get on different sides of the equation. Kevin Na, a little bit different than what we're seeing with uh, Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith feeling more inclination right side higher as he turns to the top. Arm swing tends to stop with that type of inclination better, tightens it up. Club shaft looks a little cleaner at the top and then off he goes from there. The other thing that I think Cameron Smith has done a better job of, and I think perhaps this has really led to better iron player, is coming down. I'm going to make a a post on this on my Instagram at Travis Fulton golf later on today. And I'll finish with this here in today's podcast is how he kind of starts down in transition. Think about you have your top button on your shirt, right? Kind of your, your sternum there and your throat area right in the center there, top part of your chest. And then you have your belt buckle, right? You kind of have your upper center and your lower center. And if I was to stand up nice and straight, those would stack up nicely. Now, as I turn to the top, as I was talking about, here I am at the top of the swing, Cameron Smith. When he comes down, that upper center and lower center, as he shifts weight left, stay a little bit more on top of each other. What he doesn't like to feel is when that lower center, that pelvis, that belt buckle slides a little too lateral towards the target and his upper center, his sternum, hangs back. But rather in transition, he feels both of those staying kind of more stacked up on top as he falls into the left foot, as he starts to kind of sit and turn. I heard that or I read that term, the sit and the turn, something that he kind of feels as Grant was describing some of this stuff again in some of the things that he's put out there in Australia but these two centers staying a little bit more aligned as he's falling left, as he starts to sit in turn, that really keeps him kind of more on top of it as he rotates. And I think that's probably really helped his iron game. The question I'm going to have for Grant 
is, is does that move apply to his driver? Has that helped him with his driver as well? That type of more stacked, more covering versus falling back, pelvis sliding, upper body falling back to the right. Again, we can be on different sides of that equation, right? Some of you might be listening right now thinking, well, that's what I do, but I come way over the top. So I think, you know, there's, there's different, we fall into this development in, in different ways. And if you're someone who comes over the top, that's probably not the best feel for you. In fact, it's okay to feel a little bit of the pelvis kind of moving a bit lateral and maybe taking on a little more of that side bend to the right and feeling that. So how that can help support the shaft in shallowing out behind you with wrist angles and, and et cetera, et cetera. I want to get too far into the weeds here, but we kind of fall into the different part of these equations. And one of the things in the podcast and in some of my teachings, I like to get into the weeds a little bit into the discussion of where these guys fall into these equations and why. And then how you might be, where you might be in that equation as well. And it's a, it can be a difficult thing to articulate because there's a lot of components involved, right? But I'm going to try to shed light this year more and more on where these guys fit into these equations and why and how that might apply to you in your game, trying to give it some context across the board. So Cameron Smith you know, these are real things that he's worked on. I think he's done a great job of keeping in perspective. I think he's done a great job of incrementally getting better at the areas that he needs to get better at, but also maintaining his strengths, which is his putter and his short game. So I'm really looking forward to my interview uh, with Grant Field, which will air on Thursday. We got the Gup coming back tomorrow, Brandon Guptill. He will be um, my guest as we break down the Sony Open next week. We'll be giving you our picks. Again, free picks, full betting cards here um, as we give you our win tickets, top 20s, top 10s, head-to-head matchups. All of those plus additional ones, including beating the bookie. He'll be giving me his free picks. That's part of my membership package now, we had a decent week last week. If John Rom would have won, we would have absolutely crushed it. But we were very solid last week, and particularly in our head-to-heads and some top 10s. We had Gooch in the top 20. So I think we treaded pretty nicely, actually, uh, for week one. Become a member of Travis Fulton Golf. Go to travisfultongolf.com backslash membership. You'll see the blue and the green. Depending upon how many weeks that you want of the free picks, sign up. We'll be sending out the Sony open picks on Wednesday, but we'll be giving you some as well with my man, Brandon Guptill on Tuesday, Stripe Show podcast. And then on Wednesday, we've got Jason Gore joining us from the USGA. Can't wait to talk to Jason. Love Jason Gore. He's done a great job with the USGA. The USGA is really gaining some nice momentum right now. Hopefully you saw the announcement about the United States Women's Open. That purse nearly doubled and is just under the men's purse now. Fantastic news for women's golf. Can't wait to ask him about that. Can't wait to ask him about how some of these changes in rules have come about the length of the driver, no more greens books. What else is coming down the pipe? Be a really good one with Jason Gore. 
very articulate, smart man, USGA moving in the right direction. He'll be on Wednesday. Grant Field, Cam Smith's coach on Thursday, and then Samantha back from Dubai. And she'll be back for happy hour on Friday. All right, that's a great week. Oh, what is an update here? Um, there have been 74 more birdies made in Kapalua here on a Monday morning in the first five minutes. <laughs> that was that was some incredible golf by the best players in the world. Fun to watch, but I don't want to watch that every week. I don't want to watch that every week. I need some consequence in golf. There has to be the idea of a bogey and a double bogey to filter through this. But Cameron Smith, fourth win. That's two now on Hawaii. He'll be uh, um, in Sony, uh, the field there. He won that event back in 2020. So I would not be surprised if uh, Cameron Smith goes back to back. If he hits his driver like that, he's got a really good chance. Thanks for joining us here on a podcast on a Monday. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back tomorrow looking at the full field. That is the Sony Open.